This episode is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association. We are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction. I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. So if you can help out, you know, we do have a Venmo, we have a Cash App, we have a PayPal, we have an address you can send a check to. And, you know, all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. So please, you know, if you can get 5 bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. And if you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. Welcome to the show, Kev. I, I appreciate you coming on, man. How much time do you have now? Because you and I met when I was, uh, you and I met three and a half years ago now. You know, when I was fresh, you know, newly sober in L.A. is when we met. And I think you had a few years then. How much time do you have now? I have four years on the 1st of December. Four years on December. Okay, so that's what it was. But you've been back and forth, though. So now you and I, we go back to Jersey. You know, that's where we both started at. <clears throat> we both met in L.A., but we both started our run, in, you know, in Jersey. Um, when, What year, not what year, how old were you when you first started, like, drinking and, you know, using? By the time I was in 8th grade, like, I think I started smoking Bud in, like, 7th or 8th grade. And I started just, like... I was a fucking stoner kid in eighth grade, yeah. dude. Just smoked weed, skated with my friends. Like we used to, at that time, like like eighth grade, we started like smoking weed a lot and like trying to hide it. And because of where we lived, we were able to like go to the boardwalk and we all put our money in and bought like a bubbler and bowls and bongs and shit like that. And like we would smoke it in my one friend's basement and like uh, you know just shit like that. Soda cans, fucking Gatorade bottles. Man, Gatorade bottles were used for so much illegal shit, like growing up between smoking out over like I was walking around my I was walking around Mount Ephraim with like vodka in my Gatorade bottle all the time as like eighth grader walking around town like for the night with vodka in my Gatorade. Well, yeah, I've got some fucking stories about shit like that. Uh, So like. I didn't start drinking, though, until, like, freshman year of high school. I uh, I was scared to drink just because uh, my dad died as, like, a direct result of alcoholism. I, I didn't know that shit at the time. I just was told, like, if you drink, you'll you probably be bad. Like, don't, don't fucking drink. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm not going to do that. And then uh, at this point in time... Uh, Music was really, like, influenced in my life at this point in time. Like, it came in earlier, but, like, like skating and music came in really young. But then by the time I was in, like, ninth grade, like, freshman in high school, like, that was it. I was going to play in a band. Like, I didn't fucking care about anything else. And uh, so What kind was, of music did you play? Like, pop punk? No, at that time, I was really heavily involved in the hardcore scene. Like, I came up in that scene. Uh, there was a lot of pop punk bands. That was my next guess. That was because, like, in yeah. Jersey, those were yeah. the two biggest, like, things to have bands for in I high school. I ended up playing in a lot of pop punk bands somehow. Like, it just always <laughs> happens. But, like, yeah. It was the I, 2000s. Pop punk bands yeah. were everywhere. But, <laughs> but uh, at that time, like, 
it, it was really hardcore and I was fortunate enough to grow up like you know in Jersey there's a huge music scene especially like where I grew up like it really thrived there so like yeah influenced by all different types of fucking bands and shit obviously there's a lot of fucking parties going on and shit like that I started drinking immediately blacking out getting arrested and that's when but how old how old were you when your dad died? I was four. I never met uh, him. Okay. So yeah, you wouldn't have even, you know, even had even if you wouldn't met him, you wouldn't have even had the memories as much, you know, by four. And but I'm, you know I'm, when I drank like the, I don't really rem- even remember the first time I drank. I know the first time I got drunk though, that I do remember. We were in my boys' basement and we were playing dodgeball with like basketballs and shit. And Sounds like someone- Jersey. Yeah, and, like, someone hit me in the face with one, and my fucking nose started bleeding, but, like, I didn't even, like, trip out or anything. I was like, this is sick, like, wow, yeah. I'm well, you, you were a skater. You still are a skater, so getting hurt is, like, code. It's, like, you know, <laughs> it's so, like, bleeding is, like, part of it. Yeah, you're supposed to bleed. <laughs> and then, uh, I didn't start doing, like, so I got locked up when I was 16 for a year, and then, uh, for drinking related or fighting uh, every time I well every yeah there was all alcohol every time I if I drink I get arrested that's like what the fucking theme was for like a long time <laughs> it wasn't like intentional I didn't wake up thinking like I'm gonna get drunk tonight and fucking end up in a jail cell or not many of us yeah have that like you know idea of like I know I'm gonna get arrested tonight and it'll be sick <laughs> like that's not... <laughs> And uh, at that time, there were a lot of local shows going on. So, like, mainly I'd get arrested. There. Like, I, we would, like, pregame in the parking lot or on the way to the show, go to the show, get fucked up at the show. You know how Jersey is. Someone would get pushed. And that, yeah. Especially that, those kind of shows, too. You're yeah. talking, like, crazy mosh pits and shit. Like, you're talking, like, people are throwing fists just to throw fists. Yeah. Like, yeah. like uh a lot of fucking ego involved back in the day so we grew up around the same time in jersey with the same kind of shit so yeah those scenes were crazy especially back in the mid 2000s like was this like 2005 ish i'm oh, guessing yeah. it was fucking thriving at that point. yeah definitely live came home uh wasn't really i was just kind of floating around doing my own thing trying not to get in trouble and then uh I was still drinking in shape, but I miraculously graduated from high school, and uh, I was like, all right, I'm just going to focus on music. None of that happened. Uh, I was still, like, playing in some bands and shit, but, like, I was, I started doing heroin, went straight to heroin. Uh, My boy just got out of jail, had nowhere to go, moved in with my mom and I, and, uh, yeah, dude, like, I remember the day he fucking had, he had, like, done it, he started doing it, so, he went to jail, right, because, like, just a bunch of long story, he, he goes to fucking Mom County Jail for a minute, he comes home, never did opiates, though, but before, when he got out of county, he, uh, went to, like, fucking New Hope or some program or some shit, and, uh, he met some chick, she did heroin, lived in Asbury, you know, the get down and fucking, so he started doing dope with her, he was staying with me and being sneaky about it. Not because, like, he was a scumbag or anything. He just, like, didn't want me to do it. Well, that, and, well the day I confronted him about it, I was like, yo, I want to be dope. And he, he just looked at me and said, no. And I was like, why not? And he was like, because I know how you are. 
He's like, I'm not going to be responsible for fucking up your life. And I was like, well, I do that on my own anyway, like, all the time. So if you don't get it from me, I'm just going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and at that point, he has to make the decision of, do I go to where I know it's safest and get it for him? Because I know it's like a harm reduction thing at that point, yeah, which, so she, you know. So she, he was going to go get high with her, and she was going to come over, and we were just going to get fucked up at my house because my house was the spot. And uh, she was like, no, nah, I'm not doing dope with him, not with someone for the first time kind of thing. So we hit, he hit up the other homie who's like strung the fuck out at this point i wasn't even like friends with him but i remember him because he was a couple grades older than me and shit and uh yeah they fucking uh we went to trenton we didn't even go to asbury we went to trenton got bags i uh spent my first bag of heroin ever in the parking lot of uh trenton thunder baseball stadium i know exactly where you were (laughs) yeah threw up all over the place Man, that fucking started that. <laughs> yeah, it's well, what it's so funny that you're like that started that. So, cause you're like, I sniffed it, I threw up everywhere, and then I was hooked. <laughs> you know, most most people when they try something and then immediately have the reaction of vomiting, they're like, I never want to do that again. Yeah. But you know, what was it that you were just like, oh no, it's okay, I'll vomit every time if I get this fucking sounds and cliche bro with the whole like program shit it's supposed to specifically when i found opiates like heroin i was like this is what i've been looking for yeah it was the aha moment yeah yep this is amazing yeah i feel like this forever that's it and that's why i never tried heroin because i was afraid of that reaction because i had that reaction with pills and i had it is the same shit, but it's obviously stronger, you know, one, one I stronger. Know, I shot some Oxy-80s, and that was fucking magical. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Well, you got in before they went to the OPs, obviously, then, yeah, if you were shooting it. Um, but yeah, the Oxy was different than the Roxy, too. Let's be real. Like, Oxy <laughs> yeah. and Roxy, you know, were two total. I was just explaining this to my wife the other day. You know, she's, you know, what I call real-deal alcoholic. She drank you know yeah. so she's not sure of how the opiate scale goes and everything with like how roxies are and fentanyl and heroin so i was trying to like explain how like oxy's played in because we just finished watching that dope sick show yeah, so yeah. we just watched it. it's good it was real good it was it was extremely accurate obviously because we saw that shit happen with the oxy i guess there were some moments watching that show where my mind wanted to glorify some shit but like I kind of, it's weird. I feel like it was, like, our generation's, like, fucking, uh, Quaalude. That's exactly what it was. I mean. (laughs) I mean that we got it. But, uh, (laughs) what I want to do, or I'm trying to figure out, is, uh, so, you know how they had to, like, settle that, like, 4.3 billion or whatever to, like, pay out to anyone who was, like, bro, I had a crooked doctor. Yeah. I should be compensated. You could, it depends if, only if you were prescribed specifically Oxy. So if you were prescribed specifically Oxy brand, then I think you can jump in the lawsuit no matter how crooked your doctor was. Because I was doctor, everyone was fucking doctor shopping around Jersey. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, we were going around probably the same doctors. Were you getting Oxy or Roxy from your crooked doctor? Okay. Yeah, I was getting Roxy 
Oxy didn't exist anymore when I went to my crooked doctor. It was the OPs and the OCs were gone. And then I, that's when I was getting, I, I, the first time I went and saw my crooked, it was in, um, something with an at Merchantville and this, he got shut down in 2015. So I don't even mind putting it out there. It was in this weird house, like along the railroad tracks. And, um, I first, time I walked in there, I was like, yep, 120 thirties and 120 bars. He was like, all right, here you go. You know, and you're in the waiting room with like 50 other people that are crazy. My waiting room. So our, this is how I got put on. My boy hit me up. I was fucking sick. And actually at this point in time, I cleaned up. Like I wasn't doing heroin. I was just like doing thirties and oxys because that was like the fucking in thing. And, Mm -hmm. uh, my boy hit me up and was like, yo, I need you to go to the doctor for me. I have a doctor. I'm going to give you the money. But he couldn't go in because he had, like, just gone in. He was, like, flipping them and shit. He's like, I'll give you whatever you want out of this, but you can't ever go back on your own. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. At the time, I think I didn't care. So, like, I got there. He hands me $200. I go into the doctor. It's at cash only. You're not allowed to use your cell phone when you're in there. There's, like, 30 other people. I see the doctor, this little woman. She just wrote me a fucking script. Yep. Of pretties at that point in time. And then when I went back on my own, I started getting oxys because I asked her. Yeah, it's it's so crazy. It's, it's, it, you described exactly what I, it was like the waiting room was always yeah. the same, you know. And it was even crazier on Tuesday nights or Thursday nights when they would be nighttime hours. And then you had the people that are coming after their shift. And then you get there like at four o'clock and you're waiting until seven for your appointment. Because of how long the line is, but it's it's so funny because your doctor is like it mine because you you do probably you we needed referrals from other patients to see our doctors. That's how you know it's shady, yeah. is when you don't need a doctor referral to see their doctor. You need a patient referral. Right. You know? <laughs> Bro, they had a pharmacy which was sick. Like when I would get thirties, I'd go into the. Were you going to Pittman? There was one in Pittman like that that had a pharmacy attached to a a pill mill. Out the river. It was like okay. And, uh... Yeah, this was I a thought, while ago. Yeah, it was, like, 2009. And, uh... Dude, the fucking pharmacy was a jam, too. Because, like, I would go in there, and I would be, like... Because they tried some bullshit one time giving me the Vs. And I was, like, no, like, I want the... <laughs> I was, like, I need the A215s or the M30s. And, like, they would, like, let me pick. It was sick. The V's, oh my, that's so, because, like, I've talked to people that, you know, were into 30s, you know, like I was, too, and, like, some people actually love the V's. Uh, surprisingly, they've told me they love, I'm like, I don't know, man, everybody in New Jersey, though, fucking hated V's, and I broke out in hives every time I used them. Like, my face would get all blotchy every time I use V's, but the M's and the A's and even the K9's never broke out. Right, but you know, V's, I always broke out. You know what was better than Oxy's or fucking Roxy's? The Opanas. I've they had that. Fantastic. Bro, it was fantastic. Yeah, there, I mean, there was a lot of things, you know. We created, and I was creating my own Quaaludes. I always say that, like, <laughs> I was my own pharmacist and my own therapist, right? Like, you know, I was mixing, you know, the Oxy or Roxy with the Xanax hoping that the effect would give me a Quaalude like effect because the Quaalude effect is part Xanax with like the benzo and bringing you down. And there's also a painkiller too. And I was trying to like combine them to mix the two. And then eventually I'm like, well, I want to die. So I'll mix in some Coke with these lines too. 
you know, because that was like towards the end. Now you were like run and run, like you kept getting arrested eventually though, right? So well, at this point in time, I'm already kicked the fuck out of my house. Uh, I was like playing in pop punk bands, weirdly, uh, whichever band I could play in at the time. And, uh, which is kind of really hard to do when you're physically addicted to opiates and like, I was straying away from the 80s and shit because they went up to like 50 fucking $60. And I was like, fuck this. I'm going to Camden because I was living in South Jersey at the time. And that's when I started shooting dope again. And uh, uh, You just reminded me, actually, I had a dude on my show early on and I had to take the episode down because the video got fucked up. Um, but he was do- shooting heroin as in a, in a hardcore band in L.A., and you went to rehab with him. Really? Yeah. In L.A.? Yeah. Yeah, him and I were talking. I wish I could think of his fucking name. He's, like, a bigger dude, long goatee, um, but he still, like, plays in bands and shit. If I think of his name, I'll message it to you eventually. Yeah, but you and him went to rehab together. And it just reminded me because you were saying playing in bands while you're on opiates because that's exactly what he talked about in his story was being in this traveling band while being high on heroin and trying to, like, do both. And then we found out by talking that, yeah, he was in rehab with you. He's like, oh, I know someone from New Jersey from, you know, rehab. And then, like, you know, we started talking and it was you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, (laughs) you know how it is. I mean, I met you at, like, three different meetings when I first met. I know you bounce all around L.A. So, but you're getting arrested now in Jersey. You're kicked out of your mom's. You're going to Camden to score all the time. You're living in South Jersey. Um, dude, I don't even remember. Dude, I was just getting arrested left and right. Dude, it's like once it started happening, it just didn't stop. And then, uh, yeah, man, fucking, I would go to county. That was like my cycle, bro. I'd go to county. Well, at first, I would not go to county. Like, I just kept, like, dipping and dodging and not getting arrested. And then uh, I caught a charge, fucking got arrested, went to county for, like, seven months. And then that's when everything just started. It was like I was just always in jail. And then I would be homeless, get out, go straight to shoot and go. There's no music. There's no skating. There's no friends. I had this running partner of a girl, and we would just... Live out of hotels in Camden and shit. Well, Cherry Hill right outside of Camden. Just yeah. Like, yeah, right on 70 or 38 right there. Yeah, dude. Fuck those cops, bro. Yep. Well, that, they're looking. They're looking for you. Yeah, I was at the hillside in. Like, I'm not dumb, but... Yeah. I was going to say, they're, like, they're not looking for you, but they are. They're looking for anybody that could be like you. Yeah. Like, you know, they. you're well, not the first person to go to that hotel to do some dumb shit or do some shady shit. This episode is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association. We are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction. I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. If you can help out, you know, we do have a Venmo, we have a Cash App, we have a PayPal, we have an address you can send a check to, and, you know, all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. 
So please, you know, if you can get five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. And if you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. All right. So this is how I started getting sober. I was on, so I went to county, got put on probation. I guess I never reported. They, they were like, you're going to leave, right? You get sentenced on Friday. We're going to give you probation. I'm like, sick. Like, you have two weeks to report or some shit like that. And I was like, oh, okay. Never reported. I was immediately getting high. And then, you know, that first day you wake up dope sick. I'm not going to probation. Fuck that. So, uh, took it on the run. And I did that a couple of times. It would get locked up, do the same thing again. They would fucking reinstate me and release me. And I was like, sick. So then the last time, I would get caught in Camden, right? Like Camden County. So I'd go to Camden County Jail go to seven day then the sheriff's from Monmouth County would pick me up and bring me to Monmouth County and then I would just sit there for fucking ever and then uh on the last time bro the ATF uh kicked in our hotel door which is super embarrassing because I got arrested in the same hotel in the same room twice <laughs> on the run twice and fucking, it would be the same cops or different cops at least think well the last time bro this shit was crazy. The last time, uh, this, this is the setting. We were in the hotel. We were getting, we were smoking crack. And it was dope sick as fuck. And the homie had, like, dropped off uh, some rock and was like, yo, I'm going to go to the store. I'll come back and give you dope. And I was upset about it, but he was giving me free shit, so I wasn't going to argue. So fucking, uh, I heard a knock on the door. I never answered the door. I would never answer the door, but I heard a knock on the door. I thought it was him because he had like just fucking been there, and uh, I answered. It was like a fiend, bro, like like a dirty fiend. And you know how the hotels are over there. So I was like, oh, bro, you got the wrong room. He's like, is Brian here? And I was like, nah. And he like looked at me and looked at the fucking girl. And uh, the cops sent him up there to see who was in there. Bro, nah, listen to this shit, bro. So he like he goes, are you sure? And he like puts his foot in the door, and I thought I thought we were gonna get robbed. So like you know those glass fucking ashtrays like the big like oh yeah picked it up i was gonna have to smash this shit over that fool's head because like i thought we were getting robbed for a second and uh thank god i didn't because as soon as i like stand up he throws a badge out and like state police atf fucking like all types of shit running they're like where are the guns where are the guns where are the guns and they're like looking for stolen guns that apparently i had stolen <laughs> but, i was gonna say yeah that doesn't sound like <laughs> And no, no, it was bad, bro. They were looking for a uh, stolen state police officer, like, assault rifles from, like, homes and shit. And, like, I had been knocked off for, like, some burger. I don't know, dude. It's a, long, it's a long story. I got snitched on. This is over 10 years ago now, and it still fucking bothers me. From time to time, I think about it, and I'm like, who the fuck said I was there? Like, I just don't know. Yeah. But, uh, like, cause, so, cause I'm just, now I'm just trying to piece it together. Somebody robbed a state police officer. Yeah, it was out of Monmouth County, bro. And so they just assumed it was you probably because you did be and ease or you did shady shit or you had a track record or. Bro, it was fucking bullshit. Someone fucking got in trouble and told, bro. That's, that's what Yeah. Happened. They I needed to say a name. So they said a name. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I get it. But it still bothers me. And, uh, like, 
Put it on your Ford step. One of the things where you run it over your head a million times, I'm like, who the fuck was it, bro? Like, has it been sitting on your Ford step for four years? Like every time you go through. Resent me, bro. I'm just like, who the fuck? Like who? So it's not even a resentment; just something that pops in your head as a curiosity at this point. Like it doesn't, it doesn't upset you to the point where it's a resentment, but it just pops in your head as like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, so then uh, I go to Camden County, same routine again. Mom comes pick me up and go to Monmouth. This time, though, I knew it was fucked because uh, this woman came onto the tier, handed me a piece of paper, and she was like, this is your termination. You have court in, like, two weeks. And I was like, fuck. Because I'm not even done kicking dope yet. You know what I mean? I was like, bro, I can't go to prison yet. I need to, like, push this shit off. You know what I mean? Like, I'm smoked. Like, I'm going downstate. Like, they terminated me. And that's what happened. But they offered me drug court, and I denied drug court. Just because, like, at that point in time, I had, like, wanted to get so... I didn't necessarily want to be sober, but, like, I didn't want to, like, live the way that I was living. I definitely knew I didn't want to do opiates anymore. I just wasn't, like, grasping an idea of, like, I don't even like weed, but I was like, well, I still want to smoke weed. I don't even smoke. You know what I mean? But Yeah. Um, yeah, so I took time over that, and then when I came home, I went to a fucking Oxford house, which is, like, a sober living. And uh, I had maxed out, so I had no parole or anything. Like, I was completely done. My hands were free and clean, but I just... I knew that, like, if I went to South Jersey, I was going to get high. I couldn't go home. I convinced my mom to get me in this fucking sober house, like, in Freehold. And uh, that's what I did for a minute. And then relapsed, went to Florida, which is... <laughs> when were you in Florida? Right every, I, everybody went to Florida. Right before I came here. Okay. So, like, the, is that, like, 2016, 15? No, before, yeah, 2000. 15? Bro, I wasn't even home like a full year before I went to Florida. Oh, okay. So, and you were going to Florida with the intention to continue getting high or to get sober? No, no, I went to treatment. Yeah. Okay. Like, keep hearing about it. I'm gonna go check that out. I went to Everybody else from Jersey is going to Florida for treatment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I got. I want to see Delray. Everyone talks about Delray. Yeah, so, that. I um I went to school with a dude that ended up starting a sober living in Delray in like 2000. He went down there for treatment and then he started a sober living and a treatment center down there. And now he is caught up with racketeering charges like $52 million for insurance fraud and all that shit because people were dying in his rehabs because all he was doing was collecting UAs Halfway and charging there? up. What? Halfway there? Yeah, Eric Snyder. I was gross. I watched that happen. I, oh, shit. I'm going to take out the last name, but yeah, you watched that happen? Literally watched that happen. I was going to Angel's IOP at the time. It was fucking gnarly. Yeah. Yeah, that was 2014. 15. Yeah, that would make sense that you would have been down there then when that shit, when they got raided, right? Yeah, it was right on Swinton. I watched that shit happen. And that other fool, Kenny's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched all that shit happen. That's right. Cause yeah, he he had a partner. But yeah, I grew up with Eric. You know what I mean? Like we. What? He's from South Jersey, dude. I didn't even know that. Funny. Yeah. Though, so I was with another homie in Florida one time, and uh, 
we were like walking out of uh, Publix and some fucking dude drove by in a car and was like, fuck you, Eric Snyder, you piece of shit. Talking to my boy, but like it wasn't him. It was, it was <laughs> Just some other like bigger dude, like yeah. <laughs> a stockier dude. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he was a uh, he went down there for pills, you know, opiates to get clean. And then he started that sober living and then started all that shit. And yeah, he I now he's faced. We don't know him. Nah, yeah, bro, I knew I knew of him because like I was there and like, but and I lived in the sober living I was at was like across the street. Was your so, sober living as like fucked as that one was, where like you could easily get high in it? Yo, surprisingly not. Like there was a lot of fuckery going on, but like if you failed, like you were out. Now, but I mean, not to say that you failed, but you did relapse after that treatment, right? Again. Not. In f- not in Florida, but again in real life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that so wasn't the that, end of the road. So I was supposed to come. I was supposed to come to LA from Florida, not for like treatment or anything. I was just gonna move here, and uh, I was gonna work in the skate industry actually, and which I ended up doing. It just took a little bit, and uh, <laughs> had some speed bumps. Yeah, because so uh, instead of coming straight here, I was like, I'm gonna go to Jersey chill there for a little bit then i'm gonna go to la i was in jersey for like two days and uh some chick posted something on like instagram or some shit and like i saw the location and i was like i was in like Bordentown or like florence or one of those fucking towns at the time and i was like she's either leaving camden or trying you know what i mean so I was like, yo, dude, what's good? Like, how you been? I'm back from Jersey, or Florida. You know what I mean? She's like, oh, dude, what's up? And uh, she's like, I was in Florida, too. And I was like, sick. You sober? And she was like, yeah. I was like, sick. Me, too. She comes over, because we're at my friend's house, and uh, she's high as fuck. She drops, like, a bundle of dope, and uh, we, like, lock eyes, and I was like, let me get a bag. She argued with me, and then she gave us some bags, and then that started that. And then I ended up coming to L.A. And I went to CRLA, which is no longer around. Uh, the Chris Batham dude. Yeah, and we'll get to that. Cause that's, I, remember, <laughs> I remember parts of that. Um, so you, lit, you went to Jersey. You got high and you stayed high for a couple of days and then left and went to L.A.? No. Or, no, okay, so that's what I mean. You, you relapsed <laughs> with this girl, but then you probably hung around for how long? Two months, maybe. It wasn't a long run. It was just a really fucking hard, hard run. Like it got bad quick. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's the thing about relapses. Ever had what? It's like the shortest run I've ever had. And that, and yeah, and that's and that's the thing about relapses, and that's something that I'm like kind of trying to push awareness on this time of year because this episode is going to come out in December. You know, when when's your um birthday? Your December. four year. December first. All right, then I'll put this up on December 1st as your four-year. Um, um, so because I'm trying to raise awareness around the um, relapse rates and overdose rates around the holidays. Yes. So I'm putting out an episode a day from Thanksgiving to New Year's to try to get as many stories out there as possible. And what's hilarious is, you know, your story about getting arrested in the same hotel room and everything. I talked to this dude. Um, he wrote a book called Sober Slogans. He's like this old school, like crackhead from like the Bronx and like 80s crackhead when crack, you know, popped off. 
And he got arrested at a bodega by these two cops in, like, 89. He did three years in jail. He got out of jail. He started smoking crack again. Got arrested by the same two cops at the same bodega for robbing for the same shit three years later. That's amazing. <laughs> so if that makes you feel any better. That <laughs> He told me that story. because man, I was so embarrassed. They were like, we're having deja vu. Do we know you, guy? He's like, yeah, you arrested me three years ago. Same place. They're like, man, you are stupid. They're like, yeah, just take me to jail. Like, <laughs> so now you relapse in that two months because the more you relapse, it's like it goes down fast because we have that thing of like as addicts. Well, I relapsed. I might as well go hard. You know, like I'm already here now. Like, who Dude, was like? I was fucked because like I couldn't go home. I didn't know what to do. I was just like, fuck it. I'm gonna get high and enjoy it. I lied and told my mom I went back to Florida. Um, have you ever heard of Fuck Heroin Foundation? Yeah. So I'm re- I'm good friends with like Frankie and Leisha and shit. So like, it was so fucked. I like was on the phone with them every day, like, yo, I need to come back, can you get me back out there? And they had all these fucking, like, rules and stipulations I had to abide by if I was going to come back. And, uh, what, I, I don't know why, because I was high, like, getting high with this girl, I was like, well, she's coming with me. I'm not leaving unless she comes with me. They were like, that's not happening. They were like, you're coming here. And I was like, okay. So I kept pushing off the flight. Lied to my mom, told her I was in Florida. Man, I guess my boy ended up in Florida. and was with, like, fucking Frankie, and they were talking, and they got it in their head that they were going to tell my mom that I'm in Jersey getting high. So she te- so they fucking did. I freaked out on them. And then uh, they were like, are you ready to go to treatment? And I was like if she comes with me. <laughs> they were like, well, it's not happening. So you can stay homeless in Camden with her or you can get on a plane and go to California. And I was like, that sounds cool. I was like, oh, I'm down with that, bro. It's yeah. almost like you forgot yeah. about LA, like all your plans of going to LA yeah. for a minute. And you're like, oh yeah, LA, I got a flight. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, but everything changed in that moment. I was like, yeah, let's fucking go. Uh, Really sad story. The last bag of dope I ever shot, I missed. Because so I was at this hotel, not in Cherry Hill. I think uh, it's one of those other towns right there. Maybe, uh, I forget. But uh, I was staying away from Cherry Hill at that point in time. And uh, it was like, I was flying out of Philly. And my mom banged on my hotel door at like 5 in the morning, bro. I don't know why she thinks we need to get to the airport five hours in advance all the time. But that's just how it was. And My mom's uh, the same way. <laughs> so uh, she bangs on the hotel. She's like making a scene and shit too. It's like five in the morning. I'm fucking dope sick. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? You need to chill. Like, go to the car. I'll be out. I'm ready. I have one bag of dope and a janky ass rig that's all fucked up that I've been using. You know what I mean? So uh, I already got abscesses and shit. And uh, I go in the bathroom to do it. I'm like having a hard time hitting because I'm really sick. It's the only bag I have, and like I can't miss. I pull back, see blood. I go to push off. As soon as I go to push off, my mom's like, boom, boom, boom. Bang is on the fucking door. I miss my bag. 
now I'm really upset. And we're like, I remember being in the car with her driving over the bridge into Philly and her hitting the child safety lock because I kept trying to jump out on the bridge. Not to like kill myself or anything, but I was like, you need to stop the car so I can go. Because I, I had like 40 bucks. I was like, I'm not getting on this airplane. Like, I'm not going. She's like, if you don't go, I'm going to talk to you again. I'm like, I will go, but I can't do this. Like, I can't fly dope sick. I can't do that. And, like, needless to say, she did not stop, and I got on the plane dope sick. Well, I wasn't, like, sick yet. Was it a direct flight, at least? No. I had a layover in Chicago on my flight from Philly to LAX. I don't remember where it was, but I know it was a fucking direct flight. I wish it was. And uh, I was high for my flight, so we didn't. I, but I wish. But it wasn't a good high, though. For, for what it's worth, my last high was not the high I was looking for either. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't. I can't even tell you the last time I did thirties because I had to do fifteens. You know, like I had to. I had. I was paying my buddy to drive across the bridge from Jersey to come to the hotel that I was at with my mom outside the Philly airport. Like my mom had driven us from Lancaster County to the Philly airport, like hotels for the night. And then I was hopping on the five, 6 AM flight out to LAX. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was going to have some dude bring shit out to me. I still have the whole text messages. I saw him the other day because I was looking for something else. And um, I was saying to the dude, where are you at? Where are you at? I already sent you money, blah, blah, blah. He was like, I can't find shit. Sorry, I can't send you money back. We're kind of fucked. And he was just fucking me out of money because he knew I was going to rehab anyway, and he would be able to get some money out of me. So finally, I got somebody else that was like, and this guy is sober now too, thank God. Um, but him and I did a lot of selling together around town. And he was like, hey, I can get you 15s. If you want 15s, that's all I got is the Green Monsters. I'm like, all right, bring them. So I had to, you know, sniff a bunch of these 15s. Because at the time, I ordered 730s to do that night before I got on the plane. So I had to do 14 15s up my nose in the bathroom, my mom outside the bathroom, knowing that I was getting high in the bathroom with me going... Like, constantly. Yeah, dude, it's just like, like, you ever sniff a and Oh my god, it's the grossest shit. It's that's how I started. That so much. <laughs> it's so much better to just eat it. Yeah, but, well, no, yeah, the, that's because uh, wanna like yeah. sniff some things. Or you're like, no. Yeah, I remember the first. It was during the Super Bowl of two thousand and nine, and we couldn't find pills anywhere. We had just gotten into thirties and just got into everything. It was January two thousand nine, watching the Super Bowl. We couldn't find shit that night, though. All I could find was my friend had a script of 65s left. So we bought all 60 of them and started breaking them up, bro. There was like a... 65s? 65s. Yes. Yeah, so 30 10s. So it wasn't... There was like four of us, and we're just banging up all these fives along this coffee table to have giant mounds. We should just fucking ate them. We didn't know. We were three months into doing pills, really. We didn't know, like, what to do, when to do it, how to do it. We're just, like, breaking them up. Back to the dope sick thing, the show. Biggest pet peeve with the entire show. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I actually learned a lot from it, like, behind-the-scenes type shit from that. Yeah. And things like that. But uh, I did not see one hose clamp shaving 
the pills down. I know. Bro, yeah. and that was the move. I said, I, w- I was saying to my wife, I was like, they're doing that different than I'm used to. You know what I mean? Like this. You can't just crush, or what you do is you put it, you fold it inside the, the money, like a dollar bill, and then crush it with the lighter, and then. Yeah. Yep. Don't worry. And anyone who's worried about we're talking about doing drugs, those drugs do not exist anymore to do. Oxy has not been able to be broken up into powder form since 2010. I want to say, you know, like, I think that it was 2009 when they put in the order that they couldn't be, you know, that kind of formula anymore. And then they were, like, hanging around for, like, a year out of old pharmacies. Well, you know what's pretty accurate, too, about this show? Which, I it was rever- I did dope and then pills and then back to dope. But uh, a lot of people did go to fucking pills. And then when it got too expensive, they were like, let's just get heroin. Yep. And that's a lot of people I know, you know, we all started out doing pills together. Like I still blame myself, even though I shouldn't. And I, we all make our decisions as addicts, right? You know, that time when, I don't know if it ever happened to you, but like I've sold shit to somebody that eventually died two weeks later. You know, I was told, Hey, don't sell anything to him because he just got back from rehab. And then when that dude hit me up, you know, he was like, no, 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 I already relapsed. So you're not, you're not relapsing me by selling to me. And I'm like, okay. And then two weeks later, he's in jail because of a heroin charge and he hangs himself. Oh, shit. You know, so like I, and I was like five months into my addiction at that point. I mean, that's like, no, I know it's not my fault now, but in that moment, I'm like, oh shit, that I caused that, you know? And there's a lot of that. I could see that on like the doctor's face, like in dope sick. You know, when he would hear about that and like there are some, you know, not spoiler, but somebody's gone, you know, from his life. And when when that happened to him, you know, I could see his face going like, what What do you mean she's in heaven? I'm supposed to take her for Suboxone today. How many times was somebody supposed to go for, you know, Suboxone appointment or to the treatment and then they overdosed the night before? Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's fucked. And that, so that part was like extremely like accurate and just like kind of like gasping, you know, where you're like, oh, like I remember that shit. Like I remember seeing that shit or hearing about it. So now you go to LA and now you're going to a new treatment center. What's up with this treatment center? Bro, so <laughs> I fucking get here. I'm throwing up on Melrose because that's where like. Oh, because you haven't done shit. Not that's right. That, yeah. Okay. And uh, these motherfuckers, bro. So I go to meet the doctor. So that's where he meet the doctor on the Melrose location. And uh, he's like, give me a list of things. He's like, unfortunately, we don't treat opiates here with like opiate medication. So like he was telling me that I wasn't getting Suboxone or like Subutex. And I started freaking out. I was like, bro, I could have went to county for this. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. I'm about to kick cold turkey. They gave me, like, gabapen. Yeah, so that good, that's good for it. restless legs, and that's it. So that's how I kicked opiates at this fucking treatment center. I'm kind of glad I did, though. I mean, I No, that's... Honestly, bro, bad. that's how I did it, too. I only took GABA and melatonin. I refused subs. They were going to give me subs. And the only thing I was taking was GABA for restless legs and melatonin to help me go to sleep at night. 
but I wasn't even taking their trazodone. If I was in Jersey, I would have left. Even Florida. But I, I ain't no shit out here, so I was fucked. I was stuck, and I was like, I don't feel... I didn't want to get high, but I didn't want to be sick. You know what I mean? So I... Uh, yeah. We just stayed and dealt with it. Like, I've caked cold... Yo, so I've caked cold turkey in county a bunch of times, but I think it's so much easier when you're locked up as opposed to, uh, like, being in a detox where it's cold turkey because it's, like, it's so much more mentally challenging to, like, really force yourself to be... When you can leave. Yeah, because, like, and everyone thinks, like, when we go to rehab, if you haven't been to rehab, if you think that we're locked in rehab... They tell us in rehab, the doors are unlocked at all times. You can leave whenever the fuck you want. We are invited to leave rehab whenever we want. If we don't want to be there, they do not want us there because all you're doing is making it harder for anybody else to stay sober if you're being, like, a problem there. So there are no locks. There's no gates. It's not like a prison. You can fucking walk out whenever you want. You and I did the same thing, though, is we went somewhere where we didn't know anybody. I didn't want to know anybody. Like, somebody asked me, like, why aren't you going to Florida? Everyone's in Florida. I'm like, yeah, that's the problem. Everybody's in Florida that I know. I don't want to know people. I want to know. I don't want to know anybody when I get out there because I don't want to have a reason to be able to talk myself out of some shit because I know myself and I'm going to talk myself out of a lot of things. I, uh, I knew some people out here, but like everyone I knew out here was like pretty successful. Like, they weren't fucking up, you know what I mean? They They're not going to fuck with, you know, like, somebody that's, like, dope sick that's like, come on, man, let me get a bed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. <laughs> People are, like, starting careers and shit, like, skating, playing in bands, like. And you're just, like, you know, early December. Is this is this, is this your December 1st? Is this? No, no. Okay, no, when? So I, uh, I stayed sober for two and a half years going through that program and going to sober living and then I relapsed drinking I didn't relapse from so I still haven't done heroin or like drugs since then like that was drinking so you went two and a half years and then how long did you drink for I didn't know about like a month and then what was it where you were like okay this is dumb I got ringworm from a tiger that was living at the house that I was at Okay, <laughs> that sentence, you know, <laughs> isn't really a popular sentence. <laughs> so I, oh, so much. I got ringworm from a tiger. Is that what you said? Fuck yeah, I don't even care. I'll say it. Uh, I was living in Studio City with some people who had a studio that worked with, like, a lot of elaborate people. Specific, these two brothers were Logan and Jake Paul, and I think it was... Actually, no, I think it was Logan, bro. Logan put it... No, it might have been Jake. But one of them put it on their fucking Instagram story that we had the tiger. And, uh, like, cops got involved because they had, like, a million views on it within minutes. People, too, they were like, oh, that's animal cruelty. Like, nothing bad was happening. Like, I bottle-fed it and shit. But... (laughs) I didn't know you were ever hanging out with, you know, them. You know what I mean? Like, and I'll even take out their names, but, like... it just fucking happened, bro. Were you drinking then? Oh yeah, I got fucked up at one of one of the parties. Okay. Really, I'm not gonna. I had some good time. Like nothing bad happened from that relapse. I was just really depressed. I was more depressed at an emotional bottom that I had never touched before. Yeah. 
That makes sense, then. Yeah, because I felt that, dude. Like, I don't know if you know, but I had a relapse since, like, three and a half years with drinking, too. I still haven't done a pill in three and a half years, but my sober date has changed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it wasn't, it was, I had, me and you talked about it, the problem I had with my AA group in Hershey, you know, when I got my one-year chip because they weren't, like, cool with me using cannabis. And it eventually caused me to drink again. Like, you know, that resentment that I had for them having a resentment caused me to drink. And I blame that on myself. I mean, dude, I think what works for you might not work for other people. Yeah, and I learned I that. I don't necessarily advocate it, but I don't, like, I'm not going to shun it. Like, if you found something that works for you and it's working for you, I think it's good to educate other people on, like, the things that, like, what you're doing specifically is like, okay, yes, it's an app. Dude, whatever. If you're going to fucking meet, even if you're high, even if you're shooting heroin and you're going to a fucking meeting, like, okay, maybe they don't want you to take a chip. Maybe they don't want you to talk <laughs> what? if you're to high in a meeting. Tell you that you're not allowed to come to a meeting when the primary purpose of yeah. the program to help people who are still using, not saying that you're using by using cannabis, but you know what I mean? No, like, I know what you mean. By yeah, their it, logic, they're thinking by. Yeah, exactly. And that's how I felt it. And I felt their thinking, you know, and it, and then that kind of resentment that I had for them, it's weird to have a resentment over a resentment. You know what I mean? It's like, I resent them for their resentment against me. And then I, I'm the one that caused myself to drink over that shit. But, and I don't care. Because I never drank alcoholically in that nine months. That's the thing is I would go to like a comedy club and I would have a few drinks or whatever. I wasn't like, you know, drinking a lot. And then eventually, you know, I woke up with a hangover. And that's when my mind went to, well, before when you had a hangover, you drank more or you got high. Or I guess I got to quit. Because I don't want to have these hangovers, you know. And I drank a bottle of Jack. And then plus the date was 229. And I'm like, holy shit, if I stop now, my sober date will be leap day. So <laughs> I was like, that's a sign. And my wife and I haven't drank since. That's dope. So. Uh, so like what kind of like how I got sober, well, like came back from that was uh, I had woke up one day and I was just really, like I said, really depressed. I had fucking ringworm from that tiger, which wasn't cool. Um, I was just living all over the place. I didn't have my own place to live. I always had a place to go, but like, and they're really nice. I was in a fucking mansion, but I was like, you know what I mean? I didn't feel safe and secure. And like, I was just like, I'm not doing. Yeah. Cause they would do crazy shit though and for the content. So you, you were like, yeah. And I wasn't doing anything productive for myself. And honestly, I was hanging out with people I didn't like, you know what I mean? I was like, this yeah. is a name. And, uh, I woke up one day and I wanted to get high. Like, and I didn't want to do tar because I was like, fuck that. And I was scared. I'm not just going to go back to Jersey. And I didn't want to go on a run. I don't know what I was thinking. I just knew I wanted an opiate. And I started, like, with, like, you know, the addict, alcoholic mind thinking, like, oh, maybe I could do some 30s. Maybe I could find some 30s out here. And it scared the shit out of me. And then ironically universally a friend had called me and was like hey what are you doing i heard you relapse i was like yeah and she was like do you want to go to a meeting and i was like not really but i'll go 
and that's when you went to that meeting. Is that was that when you started going to Marina Center? I mean, I've been going to Marina Center for fucking years. Sean, his name was Sean that you went to rehab with, and I don't remember his last name, but it's probably on my Facebook somewhere. But his name was Sean, and he was like a bigger dude. I think he had glasses, maybe. I don't fucking remember, but Sean was his name. He remembered you at least. So I think we're oh we're all mutual friends on Facebook now. That's what it was too. Because I was like, hey man, yeah, I do see him. We're you know we're all friends on Facebook, or whatever. But anyway, okay. So now you didn't. When December first is your sober date, you didn't have to go to treatment for that one. No, I had an apartment. I was living downtown LA at that time, and uh, had a prior studio, a sick studio, and uh, yeah, just got sober there. And that's meetings. when you started going to meetings and shit and well, finding. I already like had an experience with like being sober and working with steps and everything. Like, dude, like literally, I just stopped going to meetings and I got really resentful. Stopped fucking applying anything I learned. I was like, fuck God, fuck AA. I don't like anything. I don't like anyone. And I was just living in a lot of self, and I got super dry and miserable. Okay, so that makes sense then, like, that you worked a program the first time. It was just a matter of getting you back into the swing of things because you had kind of lost your way with that. It pretty much was just being a little bitch. (laughs) When did you get back into skating then? Well, that whole time. So, like, when I came out here, I was like, I'm not going to play music anymore. I don't think it's healthy. I don't really, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have anyone to play with. And then, uh... Like I said, I was supposed to come out here originally. I'm sorry, dude. It's just there's so much shit. Yeah. I uh, was supposed to come out here originally and uh, work in the skate industry and shit like that. And now uh, I just started skating when I got out here. But then uh, I think when I was in sober living, I ended up working at this one shop at LA Skate Shop, which is the oldest skate shop in Los Angeles in history for uh, this dude, Dave White, and he introduced me to, like, a shit ton of people, which was fucking tight, and I got paid horrible, horrible money, but it supported my skateboarding habit. (laughs) I got to, like, you know, fucking meet, like, idols of mine from when I was a kid, because, you know, like, with an addict mentality, like, way before it's ever a drink or a drug, like, you get really, like obsessive uh, I, I get obsessive over shit so when i was kid, skating music skating you know yep. what i mean fucking drugs and then uh yep no i get it there's the same thing though i would you're obsessive about things whether they're even tv shows that you watch over and over yeah. playing sports you know doing certain things you, you you're obsessive over it and did did um were you obsessed with that what was that movie i'm blanking on the name because obviously skateboarding was born in like Venice, right? Oh, like the Dogtown shit. Yeah, Lures of Dogtown. Yeah, uh, I, I met that one fool. He's sober. Um, what's what's his name? Um, Tony Alva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I was like working in the skate industry, and uh, yeah, man, just doing my thing, staying sober, living life, and then. Uh, when I got sober again, I was just skating. And I was doing, like, resale for, like, clothing. Like, you know, like, you know, all the drops and shit like that. Like, yeah, you grab up while the, get them while the regular price and then resell them for the higher markup, yeah. 
and I was making good fucking money, and then until I wasn't, I fucked up. It's like selling drugs, you know what I mean? I fucked up one time, messed my money up, and then I was like, ah, oh, maybe I should get a job. I don't know what to do, you know what I mean? And Because uh, L.A. had a huge drop shipments of they would be the ones getting the product, and then people like you were the ones selling it across the country, like... What was that one? What was that one? Supreme? Is that the name? Like, I'm not into fashion and shit. A lot of Supreme shit. Yeah. And they would, but they're the company that would like, they would do drops and shit where somebody like you would grab the drop and then resell it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. And then it's all like exclusive because they only drop so many every time, right? Yeah, dude. You could fucking resell. You like a block. Logo hoodie, like the box one, you could get that shit for like maybe three hundred dollars. Resell that for like fourteen hundred. Fucking crazy for a piece of wood. Like <laughs> that, that just you know that's crazy. So now, yeah. what do you do? So obviously, you've been through a bunch of holidays now, like in sobriety. So what is it that gets you through? You know, this is obviously the hardest time of year for all of us or a lot of us to get through. So, like, what is it for you? Right now, bro, where I'm at now, my life is very, very, very busy. Quality problems. It's fucking sick. But, like, I don't have time to be, like, I want to get high. Like, I just don't have the time to, like, be a little bitch and be like, So, you keep yourself busy. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, you know, it's like everything I have in my life has been given to me from sobriety. So, like, it's just, like, I've stayed sober through so much, and I feel like I've grown through enough shit that, like, it's not even a fucking blip. And I get the holidays are hard and can trigger people, and, like, it's just, like, it could always be worse, dude. You know what I mean? At the end of the fucking day, shit can always get fucked up. Shit can always be worse, and you just have to, like, I remind myself, like, where I am. Like, bro. Everything I have right now is fucking crazy. And I still get ungrateful at times and act like nothing's good enough or I'm not happy with where I'm yeah. going. Like, I could be doing more. I need more and more shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then I have to remember, like, oh, dude, you were a homeless heroin addict in Camden. Like, you spent years incarcerated. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, yeah, it's okay to give yourself a break. How often do you see yourself out there still? Well, dude, I work in treatment. Okay. So. You see it all the time. You see it every day. Has that been helping you working in treatment? It's fatiguing. It's definitely, dude, if you're working in substance abuse and mental health, like a dual diagnosis place, like, dude, it's just, it's tiring. That's it. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I don't necessarily think it affects me and my sobriety, but, like. It's, I work at a detox specifically, so it's like I see them when they're fresh in. They're showing up to you. Most of them don't want to be there. I mean, they don't know what they want, bro. They're on fucking drugs. <laughs> and That's true. Big, you know, I know I, I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing, bro. It's just like I'm in detox, and I know I'm going to be fucking violently ill for the next two weeks. Yeah, I'm not excited about that. They're assholes. Some clients aren't. Some clients have mental health and it's not fair to say they're assholes because of their behaviors because of their mental health and you have to honestly remind yourself of that sometimes because 
mental health is a really tricky thing, dude. It's fickle. You have to be delicate with it. You have to be very cautious of what you say to not trigger someone without even being aware that you might have triggered them. You know what I mean? It's like, not even like addicts and mental health either. Just mental health in general, talking yeah. to somebody with mental health. So like, it is important for me to work, me personally, I like working yeah. treatment, have a career in treatment um, outside of like music and shit and something I'm going to continue doing. Yeah. The, I don't think it's like affected me. I would definitely like to uh, move into a different avenue of working in treatment, probably more of like a director of operations at some point. I think I would really like to structure a program as yeah. opposed to like work. One-on-ones are cool. I'm running groups are cool, but it's like, I don't even do that at a detox, dude. I do intakes. I'm fucking checking vitals. I'm making sure that like they're on grounds and like alive and not getting high. I'm just babysitting. And for the most part, we just hang out until shit cracks off and then, like, someone's freaking out about something. And then I have to remember that, A, it's either mental health or B, they're newly sober, which can be taxing, bro, because sometimes you just want to be like, bro, shut the fuck up. But, like, yeah. I'm getting the mental health that come in here that are still on meth. Dude, that is the gnarliest combination ever majority of the time when you're when i've seen dual diagnosis they stop taking their medic medication which then causes their relapse and a lot of the time they don't mean to stop taking their medication it's literally that they don't remember to take their medication and then their mind tricks them into that relapse because they're unmedicated well, I've also seen, I've seen more of, like, they just wake up and they're like, no, I don't want to take it. That, I've seen that, too. I mean, yeah. I was engaged with somebody, bipolar, schizophrenic. I've seen that shit. Yeah, like, mainly bipolar. Yeah. Sure, like, me, what I'm talking about, like. Is bipolar. And which, for those of you who don't know, bipolar is the hardest thing to, it's the easiest thing to be like, you're bipolar. And the hardest thing to medicate. Like, when I say easiest, I mean for a doctor. Yeah. For well, a professional doctor well, to diagnose it, it's easier. Or like the, there's like five of them, I think, and you only yeah. have like three out of the five, like. Um, but the medications is where it gets tricky because everyone's is so works, different. Yeah, what works for one person isn't going to work for the next person, so it's like, it's fucked up. But it's like they're guinea pigs, and they're just like, well, let's see if this works. Let's see if this works, and then unfortunately, a lot of times we don't get to see the recovery aspect of it for the mental health or the substance abuse because they don't allow it to like it doesn't play time to introduce itself into their system in order for them to like have a a better reaction to the medication so in sobriety i went through some gnarly shit and fell into a really bad depression and then uh i started thinking like maybe i'm bipolar right so i started researching because i was sober enough to like take a look at myself to be like maybe things are affecting me in a way that it shouldn't be affected. you know what i mean like well there was like, yeah someone dying i just felt like it was taking me a long time to like process trauma and like move on from it or at least deal with it accordingly and i was like i think maybe like 
it's not actually affecting me as much as I think that it's affecting me. Maybe there's an outside issue, like a chemical imbalance going on. So there's some research there was, I mean, like we all have chemical imbalances. We live in America and process shit. You know what I mean? And fucking breathe smog, but, uh, and be what I've done is, uh, I'm vegan now. I've been vegan for a minute, and I drink, like, alkaline water and shit. And a lot of people might not agree with all this shit and think it's stupid. But for me, personally, it was, like, it was, I was against it. I was, like, vegans are weak, basically. When did you do it after, did you see that documentary, Game Changer, and then do it? I saw it after I had started trying it. My girlfriend showed me that. She's vegan as well. It's a sick documentary. I was influenced by her. Like, I did this on my own, but, uh. Yeah. It was like, I was like, I'll try it. And I started feeling cleaner internally, like organ-wise and mentally. And my depression and anxiety, it's not like eradicated, but it's like, I feel normal. So it's like the more hydrated I am, the more healthy I eat, the more sustenance. I have like a healthy, balanced nutrition and diet, which has played such a huge aspect on my mental health. Yeah. So. Yeah, dude, that's fucking crap. I call it the universe. I say the universe a lot, dude. But, uh, yeah, man, I try and just, like, have uh, more faith and trust in the universe now. Like, I get it. I'm the same way. Yeah. Put my mind on to this has to be like this. And I'm going to. Dude. I procrastinate. I push it. So, my band right now is, like, working with, uh, we're, like, writing a new album, doing some shit, right? So, fucking, uh, it's big, it's big, it's a bigger thing for us, what we're doing right now. And, uh, I met with, like, a guitar player, right? Who, he plays in my favorite band, and is working directly with me on this EP, specifically. And, uh, I had a month about in advance, knowing that this was going to happen. He kept saying, yo, email me some shit, email me some shit so I can hear it. Da, da, da. I waited literally until the night before. And it was only because my girlfriend was like, yo, send him something now. What are you doing? And I sent him something and then just completely had a meltdown. Worked on an entire song with him. And then I was like, I hate it. I hate everything I do. I hate myself. But you know what I mean? I was like, I might as well just quit everything. I don't, I'm not... <laughs> I feel that way once a week. I'm gonna go get back. I'm gonna go back to getting high, but I'm like, you might as well just go back to Jersey. You'll never amount to anything. You fuck everything up. You know what I mean? Like that's, that, that's the disease, bro. That's our mind. It's so fucked. It, it is, and I feel that so hard. Like I put out a new episode, and if it flops, I'm like, why did my? Why am I even doing this? Why am I even putting these out? And then and then that one person will hit me up going, oh, my God, that episode, I needed to hear what they said about this, that, and the third, and it made yeah. my day so much better. I'm like, that's why I still do it. And we just, yeah, and we just tape what, like, we learn and shit. Like, dude, like, when I had, like, first sat down with him, he was like, yo, play, he wanted me to play something for him real quick that, like, I had, like, sent him, like, this one part of the song. And, bro, I was, I just, I was just, like, dumbfounded. I was like... I didn't know what to do. I was like, fr- dude, I was literally having like an internal fucking panic attack. I was like, I don't know what to do right now. This is horrible. And like, I just got, it's, see, like, 
disease is weird. I, it's like manifested now in more self-destructive ways for me than it is like go get high. You know what I mean? I'm just like. What do I do? Do you know what I mean? I, I, well, I think you're at that point also, too, in your recovery, you know, to where you skip over that option. You know what I mean? It's not even a, it's not even an option for you when you get to that mindset. Yeah, but bro, this thing's tricky. It's still dangerous. Like, I go through weird poker phases, which can get kind of gnarly sometimes. And I'll still argue and say I don't think poker is gambling, but whatever. But fucking, uh, I get very obsessive with that in like an unhealthy way, and I'm like aware of that. Yeah, I did that with sports gambling in PA because it's legal in PA. It's legal to like go on FanDuel and bet on games, so I'm like it's fine. And then like eventually, I'm like I can't do this as much. Like now, I just like do it through people. Like, oh, give me 10 bucks on that, too, with you, and then we'll just split it. Because I don't want to have to put in the bets because that's, like, that thing of the obsession of my mind is going all about like, that now. We build shit up, and then, like, and then, like... We build, we build shit up, and we solve our problems before we even try to attempt it because oh, we think yeah, it's going to fix everything. I'll catastrophize the fuck out of shit. So then, like, the next day, I didn't hear from him. And I was just like, he hates me. Yep. I was like, this is it. Everything you worked for is absolutely nothing. This is stupid. Why do you even do this shit? Like, you're fucking garbage. You're trash. And, like, this confirms it. And then two days after that, he's like, yo, my bad, bro. Like, I think he had to play a show somewhere. Life happened, and it had yeah. nothing to do with you. Like, I really like that part. Send shit to this email. And I was like, oh. Yep. Yeah, it, it's just a, and it's a, almost like that tortured artist thing too though. It is it's extremely hard to put yourself out there and wait for a response. You know, cuz I can't imagine that cuz at at with I don't something know how fucking morbid I can get on here. But you can like, get morbid. I mean, my immediate response now is not relapse, it's like fucking suicide. Yeah, no. I get it. I'm yeah. not a suicidal person, but like my mind is just like just fucking end it. Yeah, no, and I'm only laughing because I'm relating, and you know that, and, you know, and well, because for stand-up, you know, because I did stand-up, so it was different for me because, like, I was, I got there, I knew right away if they hated it or not. If you weren't laughing in the crowd, I knew what you thought about me already. Yeah. So for you to, like, send off and wait, that that's just, like, <laughs> that's just, fucking just, torture up there. Just fucking kill yourself, Kev. <laughs> No well, I'm kidding. glad you didn't. I'm glad you didn't. I'm sure your fiance and your pups are glad you didn't. <laughs> so just keep on doing what you're doing, man. That's fucking awesome. I'm glad that you're like finding yourself with, you know, with your job and your career with treatment, but also with being being creative is so important. You know, when Dude, you are a creative person, you should be creative in some way or another. The music, it's crazy, bro. The universe, AA, the program, like sobriety, like recovery whatever you want to call it it works in weird ways i fucking had zero intentions on ever doing that shit again bro i just i was going through a lot of gnarly shit i just started writing and fell in love with music all over it which is sick that we get to do shit like that when you get sober you like rediscover things about yourself you know what i mean and like yep 
course, being an addict, I got completely obsessed with a lot of shit. And, you know, like I do, and fucking we all do. For me, it's music. I get obsessed with that, and fucking it's all I'll do. You know what I mean? To an yeah. Damn. What's your band? Uh, Smoker's Cough. Smoker's Cough? Yeah. You guys got a link? Soon. But awesome, man. I appreciate you sticking on for a while and chatting and catching up. Man, I'll talk to you, all right? You too, bro. All right, see you later.